teaching on praise. And you're going to understand why the culture of the world system is trying to teach you through mass deception of the media to become complainers. It, it is, it, it's, it's deception, trying to get you to point the finger at somebody else. That we become good at it, then we come to church and point fingers at one another. <clears throat> but I believe that we were created with purpose. It's not to worry, it's not to fear, it's not to complain. I believe that God has invested so much in you. And one thing I know about God, if he put it in you, he's going to get it out of you. And God lives in praise. So we're going to, oh yeah. And so we, we are going to um, continue teaching on that. Tell your neighbor there's a praise in you. Your praise might not look like her praise or my praise might not look like your praise, but there's a praise in you that God's going to get out of you. Amen. All right, let's read our theme scripture together. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Stop. Continually means always. All right? So what are we going to do? Always. We're going to offer what? We're going to offer what? We're going to offer what? So if praise isn't coming out of your mouth, it's time to hush up. All right? Start over and let praise go forward. Amen. Every conversation should be a place. Every one of them. And if it's not that, that means it's time to stop the conversation, hit rewind, and start over God's way. All right? Let's finish it up. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. Now tell him thank you. All right. All right. Um, real quick, if you got your Bibles, if not, we're going to put the word on the wall. It's coming from the very first book of the Bible, the very first time that praise is mentioned in the Bible. Genesis chapter number 29. We're going to begin at verse number 31. Are we there? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this divine opportunity. Thank you for our neighbors that are in front, neighbors behind, neighbors next to us. Thank you, God, for it is you who brought us together that we may come into a oneness with you, that we will experience your manifested glory. 
So now that we're together, Lord, take every thought captive. Bring us into a oneness that all we're thinking about is you so that we can have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Come now and fill these cups that they may overflow. And Lord, as I stand, I tremble knowing that I'm not the true preacher. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Let me decrease that you will increase, that we will truly hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Come minister to us, that we will be changed to be more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody that believes, shout amen. amen. All right, beginning at verse number 31 of the 29th chapter, it says, let me put my glasses on. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Reuben, for she said, the Lord has surely looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Mm. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Read verse 35 with me again. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now. I will praise the Lord. Stop right there. Now, I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Amen. The fourth child she delivered. She was a delivering machine. But it was the fourth child that brought her into her now. And she praised the Lord. I believe that the Lord is talking to your now. 
every child she delivered, she equated something to it. But this last child she delivered, she equated to praising the Lord. I want you to use for a subject, hashtag, deliver your praise. You may be seated, but before you do, give somebody high five and tell them it's time to deliver. be something that the one that complain all the time that you get so much revelation in your spirit and you be ready to stop them and say nope it's time for you to deliver and they say deliver what you say deliver something that's going to work for you I like you so much I got to help you complaining is hurting you praising is going to help you it is something when we get this so in our spirit that we can't help it. Um, because when you get it in your spirit, um, how, how praise works, you will not be able to help praising. People are going to try to get you to hush up. And you won't stop. You listen, you won't stop praising. Next week, next week there's a message. There's a message I believe that God has given me for the church that's going to help us get past some of these problematic issues that are underlined by the enemy and we don't know it yet. And you don't realize how you got where you are and don't, most of you don't even realize that you need God's help. But God told me to give you this word for next week. I'm giving you a commercial because I want you to be here. I guarantee it's going to help you. Um, bring, a, bring a friend, <laughs> especially one that irritates you. Bring them, please. Uh, listen, listen. Um, this, this word, I, I really want you to understand that um, um, praise has to, to be delivered. Um, God has put praise in you, and God is going to get what's called uh, a return on the investment. He's going to get praise out of you. Joel says it this way. Joel says it inwardly. <clears throat> outwardly, you praise, but inwardly, you are murmuring and complaining. Uh, in this particular text, I like it because the praise did not come from on the outwardly. The praise came from something that was happening on the inward. Um, we, I want you to understand this, 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 this chapter and, and the characters that are represented in the chapter. There are three points that we're going to cover really quickly and we're going to go home. Those of you who are taking notes, the first thing that we're going to cover is value. Know that, know your value. You're, you you got to know your value. You, and listen, we're going to cover it. You got to know your value. Um, go ahead and say, help me, Lord. Help. Number two, we're going to cover um, desire, um, getting your desires in order. Um, I, so we've had so many false desires that we thought would help us. Um, and so we desired out of the will, but God wants you to desire in his will. Uh, I believe God's going to give us all we need today to help us with desire. And the final point, number three, is called focus. Um, it, until you focus on the right thing, the wrong thing will dominate your life. 
Let me say that again. Until you focus on the right thing, the wrong thing will dominate your life. But when you put your focus entirely on God, God will dominate your life. As a matter of fact, it dominates your life in such a way that you become domineering over everything that is wicked in your life to the point that it has to leave. The problem is we've lost our sense of value and don't know how to talk as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Therefore, the things that should leave our life remain in our life because we're speaking the wrong way. Understand we have fostered some things and we have been duped and tricked and we have been sitting underneath a spell called television, media. Media has been warping the minds of believers. And the believers have taken on the culture of the world without realizing that they have taken on a culture because they have entertained the culture for too long. If you entertain a snake for too long, you'll slither like one. Oh, understand, understand, understand. Uh, you got to be careful with the company that you keep because if you hang out with the wrong person, everything that they are vexed with will come upon you. You, 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 you have to understand all of this. And, and, and in, this, in this teaching, in this teaching, uh, this woman Leah, this woman Leah had issues from the gate. Number one, number one, let me tell you the story about Leah. Leah, Leah was picked by, Leah, Leah was the son of, of Laban. La, Laban um, tricked Jacob. Jacob. Jacob, Jacob was kicking it. You read the entire 29th chapter. Jacob was kicking it, serving, and he was taking the sheep to get water. And wouldn't you know it, when he got to the whale, there was this fine chick came walking out by the whale. Her name was Rachel. And Rachel was a, a, a shepherdess, so she's bringing down the sheep to the whale. And, and he looked up and he saw Rachel. What gets me in, 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 in the word of God is that he didn't waste no time. This guy knew, he knew that that was to be his wife. The Bible says that he, in, in verse number 11 of the 29th chapter, the Bible says that he knew it so much that this joker kissed her. He put a move right then and there, signed, sealed, and delivered. And, 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 and so he, he, he was claiming what he knew was his because he knew that that was a God hookup. Because the truth be told, his mother had educated him on, on how God would do things. And so when he knew that that was a move of God, he got excited. And so he went, he went. He went, to, he went to Laban and told Laban, he wants to I want to marry your daughter Rachel. And Rachel <clears throat> is sitting back in, in the side, not saying a thing. And the daddy, the daddy says to him, okay, well, if you want to marry Rachel, you're going to have to wait, work for me for seven years. You, you, know, I, you know what? I, I love the Bible because the Bible gives us principles to live by. That, listen, if we do it God's way, it always works. And, and, and for whatever reason, we want to take shortcuts. And some of us are so messed up culturally that we don't go by the biblical thing. And so, listen, he, the, the young man comes to the, to the daddy. Jacob goes to Laban. Laban says, you want, my, you want her? You're going to have to work for me. Now, listen, for seven years... And he said, okay, I wish a joker, I wish a joker, my daughter would bring home a young man 
so that he can spend some time with me. I don't even need seven years. Give me seven weeks with that joker. I guarantee he will have more value for you than he would by not meeting who I am because when you meet somebody, when you meet their daddy, you understand how valuable they are. Therefore, you treat them how they're valued instead of treating them how you want to treat them. And young women don't realize the, oh goodness, don't realize what they have when they have a God-fearing daddy. He will set the whole thing in order. But culturally, young women want to do it like all the other young women doing it. Oh, we don't have to take them to meet daddy. I got this under control. I know who I am. And so they try to handle it. But culturally, they have hooked up with someone who does not understand kingdom values. Therefore, therefore, it is not the young man's fault. It is the young woman's fault because they are not in order. Yeah, let me get out of there before I get in trouble. Uh, the, the, he, 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 tells her, he tells her, he says, um, you're going to have to work seven years for me. And then he worked seven years for Rachel because he, man, look, she's that valuable. I'm, I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to serve you because the, 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 the daughter you have, she's valuable. And then Laban, he, he tricks them. Instead of him giving him Rachel after he worked seven years, he gave him Leah. Now, Leah wasn't as fine as Rachel. And he said, man, what's up? And he said, well, uh, you really want Rachel? He said, yeah. He said, well, work another seven years for me, and I'll give you Rachel. What trips me out in the text, he said, okay. Most men would have had issues. Oh, you ain't about to punk me. I already gave you my seven. But what he wanted to do, he wanted to please the man no matter what it took because he saw so much value in his daughter. So then it brings us to this. It says, now Leah, now Leah, now Leah, now Leah, God saw she was unloved. Well, the text right there had me pause because God sees everything at all times. And so I had to get in the text. And he wasn't talking about he saw her in the way of just seeing her. And in other words, Leah had taken action. She had exposed her vulnerability to God. In other words, she was saying, God, I need your help. I got a trickster for a daddy. I've been living in the house. He's complaining about the trickster of her daddy. I've been living with a sister that's so fine, and now I'm all messed up because the culture that I live in have devalued me because back in the Middle East in those days, if you couldn't have children, you were considered devalued. Therefore, she was all messed up and had no value within herself. That is what has happened to us. 
man or woman, we have allowed the culture to devalue us. And God said that you are valuable and culture says that you have no value. And depending upon who you listen to, your behavior becomes. And most of us won't admit that we have let culture value us. To the point that a job, a paycheck, determines who you are. And based on who you're working for, you fall up underneath their leadership to do what they want you to do. And if they say they're going to pay you 50000 a year, you feel that you're only worth 50000 a year. So you go to your next job. This is how I know we're culturally devalued because then you put a price tag on yourself. How much do you want to make? Because they were paying you 50, you put down 50 because you have allowed culture to shape your value. And truly, you should have put down whatever this job requires because you cannot put limits on God where the world says you're worth 50000 but God says you're worth more than anything that money could ever buy. God has already invested it. You're worth way more than that. We also, we also take on where we allow people, mistakes, current situations to define our value. You made a messed up, but that's not who you are. The world may have thrown you away. Let them throw you away. That's the problem. You've been trying to please the world. Sometimes God gets you to a place to where the world throws you away and you have no hope but to turn to him. And when you turn to him, you recognize how valuable you are because it's not about what man says you are. It's about what God says you are and your mistakes that you made do not quantify the value that you are. You are priceless by God. God paid for you. As a matter of fact, in John 3, 16, it said, so God so loved the world. He loved him some you, in spite of you. God knew you were going to mess up. God knew you was going to be telling lies with your lying self. God knew that you was going to cheat. God knew that you was going to steal. God knew you would jump here and jump there. God knew all about you, but he still called you valuable. He was so, he had so much value in the Old Testament. I remember one, uh, they bought 10,000 cows as an offering. God said, that's not enough for you. He said, I, I need to, he said, you're worth so much to me. He said, all the animals in the world couldn't be a sacrifice. He said, I got to take my very best for you. And he sent his son, Jesus to suffer and to die and to become the sin that held you so that you would have no sin. His blood is cleansing you right now. His blood is washing your mind. His blood is changing you. It is because he values you. His job is to change you. 
As a matter of fact, he's already said some things about you in 1 Peter 2 and 9. God said some things about you. You have to understand what God said about you. Forget about what they're saying about you. Forget about what the world said about you. The world said that Jesus wouldn't get up again, but he got back up again on the third day. The world said that he wasn't king, but he's king of kings. The reason why we are devalued is because we don't understand what God said about us. So the first thing we're going to have to do is get revalued. What did God say about you? I'm glad you asked. He said, but you are a chosen generation. God, God waited for you. He said, This group are chosen for such a time as this. And then he says, you're a royal priesthood. Listen, not not just a priesthood, but his priesthood. Which means that when, when he chose you, he changed you. You have a new DNA now. Listen, the world cannot value you because the world cannot count as high as you are valued. The world is limited. When you became a child of God, you became limitless. The world operates in the natural. That's where confusion is. You keep operating in a natural, but you've been chosen to operate in the supernatural. And when you begin to operate in the supernatural, everything natural becomes under your feet and you're in control of the natural realm. The problem is you have not taken your rightful place and took on the value that God gave you. You're in charge. And the moment you realize that God valued you so that you could dominate this earth realm, he didn't value you so you can become a part of it. And fit into it. As a matter of fact, he said, don't even be conformed to it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you have to get in the mirror and recite to yourself, I'm a child of the most high God. Until you start believing that you're a child of the most high God. And he's creative. That means I'm creative. And he's dominant. That means I'm dominant. And then the thing that was holding you, you tell it it can't hold you no more because God has loosed everything. And now the only thing that holds me is God's unchanging hand. Oh, God. He says, you are his own. Special. He owns you. And you're special. If don't nobody else think you're special, who cares? God, the sovereign God over everything, says that you're special. So when the world tells you one thing, you don't have to receive what the world says because you have more value than that. I don't even, I'm rejecting everything that the world said about me. As a matter of fact, you might have to cut a few friends loose 
who don't understand who you are and keeps trying to get you to operate in who you used to be. But God has set you free and who the spirit has set free is free indeed. You are valued by God. He said, he said, I did all that so that you could proclaim the praises. God cannot, God cannot get praises from you when you're walking around with your head down. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. No reason for you to get your head down. The king of glory ain't coming in until you lift your head up. Is there anybody in here who's tired and sick and tired of who they used to be, of walking in the natural and ready to excel in the supernatural, ready to deliver what God has placed inside of you? Got it twisted, always trying to get. You don't have to get from nobody. You're a giver. You're equipped to give. The reason why you're not giving is because you're too busy focused on getting. If you change from getting to giving, you'll see that God said, oh, they're givers. I got to keep giving to them because the more I give them, the more they give. And I'm a giver. And if they keep trying to get, I cut off the supply. This, oh, goodness. It is a, a supply and demand system. When you start supplying, God starts demanding that you get more so you can supply more. That you may proclaim what God has done. I got to pause for a minute. Is there anybody in here that God has done something that nobody else could do in your life? And you knew this had to be God. I want you to take 10 seconds and give him a praise worthy, a praise worthy praise. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, God. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel could have, Rachel could have complained. She, she could have, she could have said, and, and, and maybe she did. Maybe she did because, because the Bible says, now when he saw she was unloved. Finally, she said, God, I'm tired of walking around with all this. This ain't your design plan. I'm more than this. The, the culture saying I'm nothing because I can't bear a child. Rachel's way prettier than me, so my husband won't even look at me. And, then, and, and my daddy been tricking folks, and now I feel like tricking people. She could have complained, but... Something happened when she took it to God. The Bible says he, he saw her being unloved. Uh, has any, anybody ever felt like you was unloved before? Sometimes it, it hurts so bad you just feel like, does God really love me? Let me see. He, he, said, he said he saw, now, now get this. He said, now that he sees this, in other words, now that she exposes herself, he opened her womb. 
she was always able to bear. But God had to open the womb. The seed was always in there. But God had to open the womb. But it didn't open until she finally confessed it. Now, the Bible says she gave birth to a son. Now, the first son that she gives birth to, the Bible says, and she named him Reuben. Now, get this. Understand now, she was, she was with it, without child. She was unloved by her husband. So she gives birth to a child. She names him Reuben. And she gives a praise. There's a problem with the praise. Because later on it said, because her motive was that her husband would be pleased. That's why your praise has been restricted. Because God knows the motive behind your praise wasn't to please him. Uh-huh. Sometimes you'll try to praise God for what you want him to do. But God don't want your praise for what you want him to do. God wants you to praise him for who he is. Because he's already done everything. Like I said, she already had seed in her. He just needed to put his touch to it so that it could bring forth what he had already put in. What am I saying? You already have everything inside of you. That's why you keep dreaming all these visions. And that's why you have so much driven purpose inside of you. And you're waiting for an opportunity to move forward. But it's not going to move forward until you get your praise in order with God. And your praise has got to be to God. This woman, she's like us. She was on the slow learning train. So she... She gives birth the first time, and she names him Reuben. The Bible said, and she said, my husband going to be happy now uh, and love me. And he didn't. And so God made her pregnant again. Now, understanding pregnancy, I've seen women in labor. When women have babies... They don't sit back and eat French toast. It takes some pain to bring the child in. And I wonder, because I saw it, it's so much pain. But yet, when a woman gets pregnant, she gets happy. She gets happy not because she's pregnant and morning sickness is on the way. Because no woman likes morning sickness. Not because the baby's going to be kicking her and not her bladder's not going to be able to hold nothing very long. Because that's uncomfortable. But the woman knows she's got to go through all of that. But she looks beyond all of that, even looks beyond the labor pains that she has to go through. Why? Because she knows what's coming at the end of all of that. Therefore, she focuses on what's coming in the end. And that's the problem with most of us. We don't look at what's coming in the end. We focus on our current situation. And God does not work right there. God has already set up your end. And you got to be ready to give him a praise for what's on the way. Shout is done. I can get inside the woman's mind. 
I believe I see when they first get pregnant, they be already picturing how they going to hold the baby, how cute the baby going to be, how they going to dress the baby. That's what you ought to do. Start pitching how you going to dress the baby. Yeah, what baby? The baby that's inside of you. What God is birthing through you. Some of you are pregnant with dreams, ideas. I don't know what it is, but you're not going to stay right where you are. God has plans for you. Is there a praise for what God has planned for? Can you push by giving God a praise? So, so she has, she has, she has two. And the second one she named Simeon. So she says, because uh, now for sure he'll attach to me if uh, we didn't got two and it didn't work. He was still looking at Rachel. Since said, God's not done. <laughs> I don't know who you're trying to get to look at you, but that's the wrong one. <laughs> If you're not trying to get God's attention, you focus on the wrong one. Yeah, he might be as cute as all day. She might be as fine as wine. But if your focus is there, God is not going to move in that. Is there anybody here that's ready to look to the Lord and say, God, work it all out for me. Deliver. G-boy. Again, the Bible says she bore the third child, and his name was Levi. Now, now get this. Levi changed everything. Now, Levi, 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 this son, Levi, he produced a lineage of priests. Levi. The Levitical anointing came through Levi. That is why the praise and worship team can praise and worship because of the Levitical anointing. Levi. Say Levi. Levi. Levi produced a lineage of priests right down to um, Ananias who anointed Saul and made him Paul when God converted him over. He's continued to produce a lineage of priests. We are the royal priesthood. Now get this because that was the third child. The fourth child, the Bible says, now she praised the Lord. Well, there's a reference point now. That was the fourth child, and I looked at it and said, wow. The fourth child, I would have thought the third child because that's where the priesthood came through, and the third child, and that would have been enough. But that would represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But God said, I wasn't done there. He said, the fourth one is you. You are the living epistle. God said, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit is in place. Now I'm going to work through you in this earth realm. Oh, goodness. Oh, can you get it? Can you get it? She gives birth to the priesthood. But the priesthood could not go forward because, listen, the priesthood needs a vehicle. And the vehicle that needs to push the priesthood forward is called praise. Without Don't you understand? All through the Bible, every war before they went to fight... God's army would always give God praise. Why? Because praise executes God's word. God has spoke a word over your life, but you haven't put the praise on it that moves everything that God spoke over. Oh, goodness. Oh. Ah. So the priesthood, uh, the Levitical priesthood, 
uh, Levi is in place. And God says, I got to move it. Leah, come here. I'm going to let you get pregnant again. Because this time, I got to bring out what was in there. Uh, all these seeds was on top of one seed. None of these seeds can do anything because they're waiting on this last seed. So she gives birth to Judah. Now, check this out. Ju Judah changed everything because she had found her value when she had Levi. But something was still wrong with her desires. But because she had given birth to the priesthood, her desires began to get shaped. Let me tell you something. When God put his spirit in you, he began to shape your desires. Every now and then, you still desire the wrong thing. Let me tell you something. There is no sin that is birthed without desire. If you have the wrong desire, that is a gateway for sin to take place. So it's up to God to remove the desire. Well, preacher, how does he move it? Psalms 37 and 4. How does he move it, preacher? Psalms 37 and 4. How does he remove it, preacher? Psalms 37 and 4. Well, stop delighting in what you like. That's the problem. God has placed too much in you that he's going to get out of you. And you are delaying the process of moving into greatness with God because you are still stuck on your ways. And if somebody don't do it right, you got an attitude. Now it's their fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. Because your delight is in the wrong place. Reason why I know, because if you delighted in God, if people disappoint you, that don't change your delight. Many folks have disappointed you, but God hasn't. He said, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now get this. You don't even know how to desire the right man and woman for your life until God gets in it. And if God ain't in it, I'm going to tell you something. I've had a pretty of them, a plenty of them pretty come and go. But when God gets in it, they are meant to stay. I'm just telling you right here, if you want it to go right, then delight yourself in the Lord and let him give you the desires of your heart. And for those of you who read the scripture and think, oh yeah, he gonna give me the desires of my heart and your heart is desiring some wicked stuff. That's not what the scripture means. If that was the case, you hear everybody in here trying to go with somebody else's husband. Because the truth be told, when one of ours mess up, we be ready to move on. But you messed up. 
I knew it would get quiet then. Because everybody in here has messed up before. He says, now guess what he said? He said, delight yourself in the Lord. He says, he says, and when you get delighted in me, because I'm moved by delight, he says, I reach in you. How many of you watch a little TV? <laughs> you, you, you watch TV, and there's certain times you'll turn the TV on, and, and, and somebody on TV, and you say, oh, and you turn the channel. God says, I'm going to turn your channel. He says, when you delight in me, I'm going to tune you in to 37 and 4. When, when God was giving me all this, I said, I, I'm, shutting, I'm shutting cable off. I am. Because I like it, and it's warping my character. Because it's, it's deception. And so he said, he said, you delight in me. He says, I'm going to change. I'm going to change your desires so that you would desire the things of God. Because sometimes we think we have the right desire, and we desire what it looked like, and there's a wolf in it. Oh, but I can work on it. But we got history. A wolf is a wolf. And if God don't get in it, he's going to stay a wolf. But when you delight yourself in the Lord, he not only changes you, but he changes things attached to you. Say, go ahead and say, Lord, change my desire. And so, and so she, she, you know, her desire changed because every one of the children she had, it was to please the man. It was a condition. Oh, I'm a ha- oh, I got another baby. Oh, he's gonna be he gonna be attached to me now. I seen that on Maury. Why you have so many children? Cause I thought I could keep him by having his baby. <laughs> yeah, we laughed, but we thought that way too. She, he said, he said, uh, listen, he said, when 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 she had when she had the priesthood, something happened. Because when she got her pregnant again, it said, now, I'm no longer stuck on stupid. All this was in me when the world was telling me that I had no value. They told me I couldn't give birth to children, so I was of no value. But it was in me. They don't know. The world don't know what's in you. Only God knows what's in you. And how many of you are ready to let God have his way with what's inside of you and let him bypass your way of thinking and let your heart delight in him and let him change you? Check out what happened. She, She has the priesthood, but the priesthood is not active because the priesthood couldn't move until it had fuel to move. So underneath the priesthood, he had another seed called praise. So she gives birth to praise. She had 
praise in her belly that made praise come out of her mouth. Because she said, now I'm going to praise the Lord. When she spoke it with her mouth, what was on the inside activated everything on the outside. So the priesthood that was being still, when praise came out, the priesthood went forward. What am I saying? We were called to the priesthood. The only reason why we are not moved into the destiny that God has called for, because you have not delivered the praise that's in your belly. You are pregnant with praise, walking around in your ninth trimester, just as pregnant as you want to be, and all you got to do is release that praise to activate the purpose of God in your life. And so, and so the enemy, he knows how important praise is. He knows that your praise will change stuff in your house for generations. So he tries to get you to focus on what's wrong. And, and look, and stuff will happen in your life. But look, you are one delivery away from activating the full power of God in your life. And it's going to take you delivering your praise. And I'm not talking about that cute little thing that you do every now and then. I'm talking about that praise that was in you before the first son was born. The praise that was in you before the second thing God birthed in your life. The praise that was in you before God did that third thing in your life. I'm talking about that praise that the enemy has been fighting you with. You got to be ready to fight past hurt, fight past disappointment, fight past pain, and say, I don't care. I bless the Lord at all times. His praise, his praise, his praise. His praise. His praise. Talk about me if you want to. Yeah, I look crazy, but I'm crazy about Jesus. I'm activating, activating, activating. Hey, God. Listen, you got to praise her. Listen, I, I know. Some of you think I'm crazy when you tell me this is going wrong in my life. I say, good for you. Good for you. Because God has never let anything bad that he didn't already work out good for. The thing about God, the thing about God is before bad hit you, you looked one way, and you thought it was good. But it took bad to make you better. <laughs> and so we're going to have to refocus. Because when something hits you that's not good, it is good. It's not good for those who look at the things with their eyes. That's why Paul says, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, do not focus on the things that are seen. You see the trouble? 
you talk about the trouble. You see the issue, you talk about the issue. Oh, let's talk about the God over the issue. Huh? Let, let's, let's praise him. Because no matter what happens, trouble don't change who God is. I'm the Lord thy God. I change not. I'm always going to look after my children. I'm always going to bless my children. I'm always going to make a way out of no way. I'm always one stir away from a miracle out of the mess that was in your life. I'm ready to deliver if you would deliver me a praise. Listen, we got to go. We got to go. But God says, what I put in that seed, the enemy's trying to layer it. So you got to work to get your praise out. So he's going to try to trouble you. Is there any praisers in the house? I believe, I believe the tribe of Judah is in here. See, you have to understand, it's deeper than a praise. Because Levi produced a lineage of priests. But Judah, Christ, is the lion that came out of the lineage of Judah. If you want him to show up in your life, then you ought to praise him from the depths of who you are. Because he has called you to be joint heirs with him. But it's going to take you to deliver. Can you deliver no matter what it looks like? The world's taught us to praise when it looks like we win. Let me share something with you. You already won. Won what? Everything. In every area of your life, you have won. And God has given you already. It's done. You've already had the victory. And you're just a praise away from it. And that's why the enemy don't want you to praise him. And people say, you ain't supposed to praise God. hasn't even done nothing. Yes, he has. Your praise executes what's done into the now. Let me say that again. Your praise executes what's already done into the, go ahead and shout now. Notice, when Leah shouted now, it changed everything. The woman who had no value brought the king of kings through her loins. Don't let the world shape who God has called you to be. He just wants you to deliver what he's placed in you so it will execute all that he has put in you into now. Amen? How many of you want the blessings? Hallelujah! I got a question for you. When do you want the blessing? When do you want the blessing? When do you want the blessing? Well, stand up and give him a right now praise. Yes, Lord!
Listen, while you're standing, while you're standing, listen, I, I want to share this with you. God is reshaping the minds of his people, okay? This word, this word will not return void. You'll never be the same after here, today. Where'd Rachel go? She went, she went to change the baby. Let me tell you something. They said she couldn't have no baby. But she was wise enough to share that with me. And I put a praise on it. Began to praise God. That's why that baby blesses me. Because I know where that baby came from. Listen, doctor said no, but Dr. Jesus said, put a praise on it. Release a praise in it. Listen, barren means you cannot produce. Okay? I don't care what situation you're in, you're, you're productive. And every lie that the enemy has put in your ear and has taken place in your mind, in the name of Jesus, I come against that and I renounce it right now. We claim life in every area of your life and that you are productive. You are not no longer limited, and you will no longer think limited. But you will think under the obstinacy of God, and you have unlimited resources from the, listen, from what's inside of you. It's already in there. You are equipped with everything. It's in there already. It's in there already. You can bring change to your situation. Just be foolish enough to praise God, no matter what it looks like. Next time stuff is coming against you, tell them, hold up a minute. I'm going to go praise. I'm going to go praise. And when I come out, you ain't going to be the same. I'm going to put my praise on it. Put my praise on it. Because while I'm praising, he's changing me. And when he finishes changing me, I'm going to come out. And I'm going to look different. And it's going to change you. I'm not going to have to say nothing. All I got to do is spend time praising the Lord. And everything has to come to me. Amen. Come on, give him one more praise. Woo! 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 Okay, he's good. He's good. He's good. Listen. Take this word. It don't matter what it is. Whatever is out of order, you praise it back into order. No more talking about it. Anybody want to talk about it? Say, you're the wrong one. I got to talk to somebody that's going to help me praise. You understand what I'm saying? Because everybody need a midwife. Huh? Leah needed her some midwives. All that labor she was in. They would say, hey, you got it, bear. You got it, girl. Just one more push. You can make it through this. Just one more push. Is there anybody that needs a cheerleader that'll tell them you're going to make it? It don't matter what it looks like. This pain ain't going to last always. Joy is right, 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 right next to you in your praise. Hey, God. Hey. 
God. Oh, God. Oh, we love you. Oh. promised that things would happen to us in this life. Not to hurt us, but to build us. He says that your trial is work in perseverance. In other words, you don't even know how to keep going unless God gives you some tough trials. He says, and your perseverance is working character. What character? Your trial is making you like him. That's why it hurts so bad. That's why he left you there. Because he has so much value he's entrusted you with. He says you can handle it. But can you praise me while you're in the middle of it? Because he said, I've given you this authority that if you praise, you can bring what I've already put in place to you. Delivery is waiting for your praise. Victory is saying to you, victory is saying to you, deliver, deliver your praise. Deliver your praise. I know it hurts, but let it out. Let it out. It's in you. Let it out. Let it out because I, I, I'm waiting for you to bring me in. And when we let it out, it has to come because you believe. Hallelujah. Now, while we're standing, listen, while we're standing, if this word is ministering to you and you know, wow, here I am again. Here I am again, and I, I need a midwife to help me push through this one. Because this one is labor intensive. Sometimes you just need help somebody to tell you, just breathe. Yeah, it hurts, but just, just breathe. I want everybody to close your eyes for a moment. And just know that God has invested in you. You have it all. You don't have to get nobody to give it to you. You already have it. You have it. You have it. And now the Lord is saying to you, I've given you all that you need to get through this one. You don't even have to ask me to help you. You can praise me that it's already done. Doctors may have said one thing. Another party may have said another thing. But I'm telling you what the Lord said. God said he has already set your victory. And your victory is for everything attached to you. And when you leave here today, Thank you, 
Let people call you crazy because of the praise that you give God. Don't look at anything the enemy has tried to do. Don't look at the trouble that God has allowed to get in your life. Look at the God over it and begin to praise him like you've never praised him before. Hallelujah! Now here's why. Because God has a lot in store for you. He's put it in you. And you know it. That's the thing. You know it. And even though you've faltered in many ways, what he put in you does not get disqualified. It's quantified. God's going to work you through it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. But there may be somebody here that's saying, you know what? 